This is Study Sessions, brought to you by Sex Ed Debunked. In these mini-sodes, we'll discuss a myth suggested to us by listeners like you. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sex Ed Debunked to suggest new myths, provide your own show notes, and give us ideas for what to talk about next. Now take some notes. The study group is in session. In today's study session, we're joined by Steve Shepard of Shepard Therapy Associates to chat about an important subject during this time of year, mental health and maintaining connection during the holiday season. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Hey, good to see you. So, Steve, we wanted to bring you on the show today because it is no secret that even though this is the season of cheer, it's actually not (laughs) that simple for all people or even maybe most people. Um, The holidays come with a lot of unique stressors, right? They do. They come with family stress. They come with... Uh, the pressure that we put on ourselves to uh, be sort of the perfection, perfect examples of ourselves while we're uh, at times with those that we're apart from for the rest of the year a lot of times. So yeah, I think that we have, there's unique stressors for the holidays, certainly. That's actually an interesting note that I hadn't thought about, but that like it's people you don't see all the time. So there is like that undue burden that comes with that or the pressure that comes with that because you're kind of have to be like at your absolute best or that's how it feels right is you got to make the most of that limited time because you don't see each other that often or, or you know ever really throughout the year other than the holidays yeah well, and I Steve, mean, part of the reason part of the reason we're bringing you to talk about this topic is uh you're an expert in stress management aren't you <laughs> well i mean I'm, I'm somebody who likes to help with it that's for sure i mean I think that to say that I wouldn't be learning would be uh, to, to sort of sell it short a little bit, but I do like to think that I can be helpful. Um, and I do run, you know, stress management pieces and work with my clients a lot on the ways in which uh, stress compounds and also um, that prior uh, uh, experiences can also increase the way that we experience stress. So um, that sort of thing in, in terms of making sure that people are, uh, putting the mask on themselves before they put it on others a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what are some of the sort of like most common topics you hear related to stress during the holiday season? Uh, the most common topic I would say is family stress. So mm-hmm. um, whether it is uh, being the person that you want to be for your family or that you people have interpersonal struggles with their families um, and that they're anticipating that there's going to be sort of conflict or something like that. Uh, family stress mm-hmm. is the biggest one that I hear. Um, generally followed by um, then people sort of having to step out of their comfort zones for things like travel. Um, and uh, oh. uh, <laughs> and yeah, and self-presentation, right? We think about how do... I see myself versus what do I portray to the people that I care about and who I'm traveling to see or who are coming to see me. Um, and the age of social media has sort of uh, implemented this thing where we broadcast perfect versions of ourselves that are very curated. And uh, sometimes that when you spend enough time with another person in a, you know, in a group setting or one-on-one setting that goes away and that causes a lot of stress and anxiety for a lot of people who mm-hmm. spend a lot of time trying to, be the masters of their environment and their portrayal. 
Yeah. And I like that you brought up the, we actually had an episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about anticipated stigma and we were talking about that specific to, you know, the LGBTQ community. And I think that anticipated stigma can be heightened during the holidays, right? Because you're being forced into, not forced into, but there is an expectation of joining environments, environments that you maybe aren't normally in. And then that's, you know, you get put in this position of, do I censor who I am or censor myself to make everyone comfortable? Do I be exactly who I am, which probably will make everyone uncomfortable or do I go the chosen family route? And I think that's a, an interesting topic this time of year is that idea of chosen family. So I'd love to hear your perspectives on you know that whole arena a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, so for, for those people whose families are in some ways either invalidating or not around or have or rejecting or whatever the case may be, right? There, the, what we know is, is that... Um, Many of us in different ways have people who we consider family that are chosen and mm-hmm. um, and we they might not be you know blood relatives, but our relationships are just as important as other relationships that we have. So looking at what it means to have chosen family um, and also what it means to at times understand that uh, we the family that we don't choose does not have to necessarily, um, be the ones that we force ourselves to be with if that particular family is not the, the one that we that is healthy for us. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a way, Steve, that you help can help individuals navigate that choice? Because I do think there's a there's a certain expectation that you spend holidays with your blood family, you know, your actual relatives. And if that situation is not healthy for you or is somehow, you know, stress-inducing, anxiety-producing, maybe toxic. How do you help people choose their, their, their chosen family over their blood family? Is there any advice you can give in that arena? I think it, it comes down to, initially, it comes down to the first steps that we look at are just awareness. What mm-hmm. are the relationships that are healthy? What are the ones that are causing us a lot of stress or distress? Um, it comes down to, uh, I also look at then boundary setting and setting expectations, um, so we often, and, and many people will look at boundaries that are set as punitive when the reality is, is that we set boundaries with people because we want them in our lives. We just want them in our lives in a healthy way. Um, Ooh, I love that. Say that one more time. <laughs> That's great. Right. We set boundaries with people because we want them in, we don't want them out. And we often worry about the boundary setting because people sometimes have a hard time with it and will push back and maybe have a reaction to a setting boundaries. So when we look at concepts of, identifying chosen family, right? Maybe chosen family needs some boundaries and maybe chosen and, or, or maybe our biological family needs boundaries. And what we look at as chosen family are who are the people who respect my boundaries, who I want to spend time with, who give me joy and boundary setting with potentially, you know, uh, biological family means that we want to have you in our life, but also there needs to be some limitations on that. Um, and that isn't the limitations are because I want you in, in a way that works for me. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Great point of view. Something that, you know, I've found really useful for myself in setting boundaries is, you know, bringing my own car. Like if I can have my own mode of transportation, then I feel safe to leave whenever I want to. And that doesn't make, that makes me feel like I have freedom and it doesn't make me feel like there's an obligation. So that's a very like practical boundary. There's also the boundary of, yes, I will be there for Christmas Eve, but I won't be there for Christmas. Like, you know, there's always kind of these negotiations that you can make. And I think that's a really beautiful point that you're making is that the effort to set a boundary is an effort to include, not to exclude. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great message. So um, the second area around stress in the holidays, I think, is um, aside from going to see family you haven't seen in a while and the expectations that they put on you, I think there's also so much going on. I think there's stress around, you know, staying con- staying connected in those relationships that are already important in your life. Maybe right. your primary relationship, relationships, you know, yeah. girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse, whatever it is, trying to keep those connections intact rather than having them torn to shreds because of all of the other things you think you need to do during the holidays. Any advice in that arena? Yeah. So I think that the thing that I think about is giving yourself some, some grace, being open to feedback um, and having an understanding that the holidays give us an opportunity to be more connected with people that we care about. It also gives us the opportunity or, or maybe not, maybe opportunity is the wrong word to just um, to be in the presence of other people, but also still to not necessarily be connected. So being purposeful in action and purposeful in, in with intention, I think is also the other thing. Um, and we're all myself included at times, probably guilty of uh, letting the squeakiest wheel get the grease, so to speak. And that maybe isn't necessarily how we want to be purposeful. Um, and I'm not saying plan everything out, but what I would say is maybe it's worthwhile to think about who you want to be staying connected to and being very purposeful and how that what that looks like during the holidays. It comes back to how aware can I be and how present can I be? And 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 just by bringing awareness to it, it allows me to be very purposeful with intention. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the topic of this episode today is maintaining connection through the holiday season. And that's connection to self, which is why we're talking about, you know, maintaining mental health boundaries and things like that. It's connection to your community, but it is also connection to your primary partner, your most immediate relationships. And I like that, you know, the way you're framing that is have an awareness that your primary relationships or your immediate relationships, if you don't want them to suffer, then have an awareness of maintaining your healthy connection to those relationships as well, even if it is a very stressful or pressure-filled time of year. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think, Shannon, a lot of times that primary relationship is not the squeakiest one. That's the, right, guess- the settled one, the stable one. You're like, okay, I can I can put that aside and focus on all of these other things that have to get done. But then have that awareness that <laughs> yeah. that's also your immediate relationship and it's your primary relationship. And you do want to enjoy the season of cheer or the happiest time of year, whatever Hallmark cliche you want to call it. You do want to enjoy it with that primary person or those primary immediate people. So Steve, if somebody is in a situation where they do have a primary relationship and um, there maybe maybe they are aware that there's a little less connection. Is is there a a subtle way you could help that connection stay intact during this very stressful season? I'm always a fan of naming it. So Ooh, okay. uh, if if you're noticing that you have been distant, right? Accountability, naming things, um, and and. Also, uh, demonstrating through your through acts of, of kindness that you are paying attention, that you care, um, things like uh, that were that often maybe go by the wayside, but also are very meaningful. Things like asking questions, uh, touch, making eye contact, including that person in the conversation instead of having a one on one with your cousin who you see once a year. Potentially bringing that relationship looking at yourself as not just a person, but as a part of a relationship and bringing that relationship to the other people. 
Um, so like when we talk about mm-hmm. therapy, right, we, we talk about therapy individually often, which is the one-on-one, right? But when you treat a couple, you treat a relationship, not each individual person. Treating yourself and your partner that way too, treating your partnership with others is an important way of keeping people connected and making sure that um, because family dynamics are complicated, depending on whose family's whose, right? Then we also look at, all right, keep somebody more included, you have them be connected with you in that inclusion. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And it seems like kind of a lot of what we've talked about in this conversation has been, it is a different time of year. It's a stressful time of year. It's a pressure filled time of year. So it's actually really important that you maintain the consistency of your, the best practices you've worked all year to have, or all however long to have, even though it's an exceptional time of year, like Mm -hmm. maintain and stand by those things that you've already, those structures that you've put in place. Mm -hmm. But but what about, we also have to acknowledge that some of us have a long list of to do's that we think we have to do to pull off the perfect holiday, whatever it is. So Steve, what are the to do's <laughs> and to don'ts? <laughs> <laughs> so first and foremost, generally speaking, um, we look at when I tell myself that I have to do something or I don't have time for something, we actually look at that as what is a priority for me. So examining the list of haves is helpful. Um, delegating. Uh not, and for the person who maybe is on the sidelines and doesn't isn't necessarily thinking about that or feels like maybe they don't have a lot of responsibility, stepping up and offering, um, but really ensuring that uh, we we take the things that we feel like we need to do and really examine are these some things that I need to do or can I get some help with them, um, and asking for help is actually kind of vulnerable and builds intimacy and builds the kinds of things that you want to have in relationships. It's funny. I was, as you were talking, I was thinking of the movie, Bad Moms Christmas, which <laughs> the best actually movie. best holiday movie, but it actually <laughs> deals with a lot of that because you've got, you know, the generational differences between the expectations of what Christmas is quote unquote supposed to look like and what, you know, mom is supposed to be responsible for. And it has to be the perfect tree and the perfect cookies and the perfect presents and everything has to be perfect but it, it doesn't. And that's a really important step to take that pause and say, how much of this is a must have and how much of this is just sort of extra? It's, it's extra wrapping, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but the question I think I have for you, Steve, as, as someone who does counseling and over stress issues, how do you help? The research shows that there's generally one gender that has more cognitive burden in terms of planning and holidays. And how do you help lessen those expectations and really make somebody be okay with doing less and delegating more? Because I think there's a real struggle if you've set up this paradigm of perfection for so many years to suddenly say, this year I'm going to do a little less and be okay with it. And I think that requires a little bit of like help in some ways to get someone to that point. It, it does. And, and often we're sort of our own worst enemies by setting unrealistic expectations of ourselves. And I think that the thing that that is important is, to note here is that women aren't the only ones responsible for wrapping, for decorating, for all of those things. And to be able to sort of suggest that like until we name that uh, that 
there's some gendered expectations that they don't have to be the way that they are and, and, and giving yourself permission to sort of say like, this doesn't have to be the way that it is. I can uh, enlist mm-hmm. help if you have kids, if you have other relatives, um, but making sure that you, uh, again, set boundary setting, like I'm actually not going to do 12 pies this year. You know, I'm actually not going to be, <laughs> uh, you know, all the, the things that come with, with that sort of setting expectations and saying, actually, I would like for you to bring X, Y, or Z, or I need mm-hmm. help in, in these realms, but acknowledging that, that it's not necessarily, um, just because it's always been one way doesn't mean that it has to continue to be that way if it doesn't work for you. All right, let's say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> because it's I think I think the bottom line to a lot of this conversation is the awareness you're talking about is choose what brings you joy. Choose what's going to truly bring you joy during this holiday season, not what you think you're supposed to do or what you did in the past, but what's bringing want to bring you joy this holiday season. Sure. And being mindful that stress creeps. So unless you do something to take stress away from you or to relax, then you're going to begin your stress baseline of every day at a higher and higher level. You do things that that bring you joy or that take those things off of your plate. Your stress isn't going to you don't simply start back from zero every day. You know, you might start from three or four and then five or six and then seven or eight if you don't allow yourself the time to bring it down, which means preparation, uh, time, delegation, making sure that you're taking the time to put that mask on yourself first before you put it on others. Yeah. And I guess that goes back to, you know, it's the holiday season, but stick to the things that have proven healthy all year long. Keep going to therapy. Don't sub out of that. If you are busy, like maintain that. If if you go to the gym a few times a week and that helps release healthy chemicals, don't stop just because you're stressed out. I think, and you mentioned this earlier, but that idea of maintaining your healthy routines, even in a season of chaos is going to help you get through the chaos. Exactly. So Steve, as we wrap up, wrap up holiday puns as we wrap up this episode. Um, are there any other last tips you would give for folks as we head into the next few weeks of, of holiday cheer and also occasional panic? <laughs> I think the tips that I have or the, the is sort of having a stance, having a mindset, which is to be purposeful, to be present um, to be thoughtful in action. Did you say present? That's another holiday fun. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that what we look at here are making sure that we give to ourselves so that we can give to others um, mm-hmm. and is important. Giving of time, of space, of thought. It's that sort of thing that can allow us to be more present with the people around us who we're choosing to spend the holidays with. Um and again, healthy boundaries, right? If you need to set boundaries with people, set them, but think about them first and plan for when maybe it's harder to enforce them. But being very mindful of how you want people in your life and what that looks like and you know, allowing yourself to, to be there with those people in those ways. Solid and concrete steps that I think even if we just took some of those steps, we would have more joy during the holiday season. 
Thank you so much for tuning in um, or for joining us. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. It seems that the best gift we can give ourselves this holiday season is the gift of sanity and boundaries <laughs> and knowing what we want and how to hold on to our joy. And, and presence. So, Steve, hopefully you'll have a very, very happy holiday season, you and Katrina and your, and your little guy. Um, <laughs> we wish you great joy and great presence in your celebrations. Thanks, Christina. It's good seeing both of you. You Always. too. Always. All good. right. Well, that's a wrap <laughs> on this episode of study sessions from Sex Ed Debunked. Um, to all of our listeners, have a happy, healthy, and safe holiday season, and we will talk to you soon. Sex Ed Debunked is produced by Trailblaze Media in Providence, Rhode Island. Our sound producer is Ezra Winters, with production assistance from Shay Weintraub.